Hello and welcome to the Listix AFL podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norden, and we're here today to discuss the delisted players of the um, of the AFL. And these are sort of the um, unsung heroes as they have been able to free up list spots uh, for many of the new draftees that are going to be coming through and um, ensure that your team has enough points to bid on academy players. But there's also um, some potential value in these players, so we thought we should visit them um, and, and create our delisted best 22 and sort of discuss which guys we think will uh, potentially get another chance and, and which ones might be at the end of their journey. Uh, as always, I'm here with my co-host Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing this fine week? Doing very well, mate. Um, very, very excited about this episode. Yeah, um, it'll I be a bit of fun. There's a, I think there's a really good squad here. So um, I'm very excited to get ripping into it. So how are we going to to break this down, mate? Yeah, Talk so I've made it a best 22. So um, we're going to be going through from, um, imagine that it's uh, Thursday night and you're at selections for your footy club. So we're going to be going through the backs first and rolling our way through finishing with the forwards and the interchange um, and just talking a little bit about each each player or a player in the line that we might find interesting um, and and yeah, I think then we'll sort of see at the end of it if there's anyone that we've missed. Um, we've got a long list of emergencies that I probably don't think we'll get another chance, but maybe some of them are worth a look. So um, let's just jump straight into it. It'll be easy once we get going. Did you want to maybe just read out the whole team and then we'll pick it apart line by line? That gives the whole overview, I guess. Okay, you're the boss. All right, hey. starting from the backs, uh, Sam Gilbert, Kyle Cheney, Brennan Goddard, a halfback foot line is Aaron Mullet, Sam Rowe, and Tommy Sheridan. In the midfield, we have Billy Hartung on one wing, Jordan Murdoch on the other wing. Uh, in the ruck is Tom Campbell with Tom Bell, Michael Barlow, and Jared Lyons uh, making out the ruck rover group. Uh, we have on the half forward line, Tom Bug, Dean Towers, and Jacob Townsend. And in the full forward line is Daniel Menzel, Cameron Pedersen, and Jared Blair. On the interchange, we have... Will Langford, Jake Need, Maverick Waller, and Brendan Whitecross. Sean, what are your first thoughts of the squad? Um, look, I think it's a, a side that could probably win three or four games of football. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> they've got yeah. they've they, got um they've got a reasonable midfield there. Um, probably a little skinny on key position forwards and backs with Towers and Cheney holding down key posts, but there's enough talent there. Yeah, there is. There's enough talent and enough experience. I mean, guys like Brennan Goddard and Michael Barlow um, have been around for a while. A lot of these guys have played over 100 games of footy. A couple of them have played in grand finals or in premiership um, sides. So there, there is a lot of good players out there. And um, yeah, let's let's start moving through some of the lines and start to pick it apart a little bit. So if we look at the backs, um, the the full back line with Sam Gilbert, Kyle Cheney, and Brennan Goddard. I mean, from that line. I could probably only see Brennan Goddard potentially getting a lifeline, but even then, it seems to be a bit of a stretch at the moment. Yeah, look, agreed on that. That's um, it's a shame for Goddard to go out this way. I think he's certainly um, got a lot to offer for um, for especially a team in the Premiership contention, um, and and teams who are doubling down. So, you know, there's you know side like Geelong wouldn't hurt to have a Goddard and. That sort of thing. So uh, he's he's certainly got another year of footy in him. Um, he's a high quality player and wears his heart on his sleeve. And we debated about that obviously on the podcast. But um, I mean, look, Sam Gilbert, no St Kilda supporter, will be um, that I know of will be too sad to see him him um, delisted. Uh, gave plenty of good service to the club over the years. Had his moments. So 
um, certainly um, a, a very good career, but it's probably ended. Um, and Kyle Cheney's probably the um, one of the longest journeymen going around in the AFL. I remember him back at Melbourne when he was younger and went to Hawthorne and, and then Adelaide. And I think he's he's um, I don't think he's played in any premierships, but he's he's been you know probably on the fringes of premiership teams. Um, obviously not Melbourne at the time, but certainly Hawthorne and um, and a grand final team in Adelaide. And just uh, unfortunately, his his journey looks to have come to an end as well. So yeah, I I, I seem to agree with that. I think that all of them um, have been important players at times, um, or playing either a full season or um, a bulk of games. So. A lot of good experience there. Probably the only one that I'd look at is Brennan Goddard, and is I think that he still offers a bit of value. Do you want to take us through the half back line? Yeah, yeah. So we got Aaron Mullet, Sam Rowe, and Tommy Sheridan. Um, look, uh, I don't think any of these guys are going to get another crack at it. Um, Mullet effectively got a lifeline last year, going. I think he was delisted by um, North Melbourne and then um, headed across to Carlton. Uh, he was never really given a great shot at Carlton, so it was an interesting, you know, if you're going to pick up an experienced player, why not play him? Um, he, he was someone who promised a lot and never really delivered, so um, it's a shame that he never was able to deliver because he certainly, uh, on his day, he was a very talented player. And I remember one Supercoach season, he, he for about six or seven rounds, he was the um, the golden rookie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Sam Rowe, I mean, he's overcome a lot to play AFL, he's got to be proud with what he's achieved and unfortunately for him, um, Carlton need him to move out for them to get better so um, yeah and Tommy Sheridan's just a, a, another journeyman I, I guess so yeah really not a lot in that back line, that half back line that I can see, how about you Matt? Yeah I'm, I'm a bit the same, I think probably only Tommy Sheridan is the one that might get a look um, but even then I think that he'll be making up numbers at, at whatever side he goes to and um, potentially could invest better elsewhere. Um, I'm happy to move into the midfield group if you are. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay then, so uh, first let's look at the two wings, Billy Hartung and Jordan Murdoch. What do you think about those two? Um, Hartung's an interesting one. I mean, he, uh, very good outside runner, was picked by Hawthorne um, for his... Uh, I guess, elite endurance. Um, Effectively, they've ended up two years later replacing him with Tom Scully. So uh, you can see that there's a positional need for that style of player. I think he has something to offer AFL clubs, um, but they need to be clubs with a strong inside game um, who won't rely on him having to try and win his own ball because he just can't do it. So I guess a team like Melbourne is probably one that would straight away come to mind um, who could use him, but we've probably already got a player similar to him in, in Billy Stretch. So um, <clears throat> yeah, that that's a he's, he's unfortunately um, maybe with the new rules a player like him would become more valuable. So for him, I'd probably implore him to go back to VFL and 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 put up the numbers and. Um, with the new rules that are coming in, positional, and, and maybe the, the focus on that quick movement up and down the ground, a player like him will become quite valuable. Um, Murdoch, uh, I just think, you know, he's a journeyman for me as well, so um, I, I don't think he'll get another crack um, unless it's on a rookie list. So, yeah, your thoughts? For me, I like I'm, I've been pretty harsh on Murdoch um, throughout his career, but... I think that he offers enough clubs uh, a best 22 running spot. I mean, he played, what, 15 games um, at Geelong this year and 
he was so he's best 22 um even if he was in and out of the side for a little bit he played more than half of the games um and it really i think same with um hartung they're better in um wins because they're the games typically where the ball was getting to them on the outside and sometimes the reason why they win is because of that so um that's highlighted by his um his player rating differential so he averaged 10.4 um, player rating points over the course of this year in wins and only 4.2 in losses. So 4.2 has him um, outside of the best um, 400 players in the AFL in a week and above 10 um, has him sitting somewhere in the in the top half. Um, so he definitely um, is worth another look for a team that is very shallow in depth. I mean, some team that a team that might look at him is someone like a Port Adelaide. Um, not that they're shallow, just that they've just lost a outside left-footed um, run-and-bomb player um, in Pollock, and they might be able to get a cheaper one in um, either Hartung or, or Murdoch. I think I think both of them could fit on another list. And when you look across this 22, they're probably the only two with leg speed um, in the whole side. So um, it's I, th- I think typically players with leg speed um, get a chance because they have upside. Um, compared to some of the other guys who are a bit one-paced. Yeah, look, they do. Um, I think the only problem with, with uh, these two, in particular Billy Hartung, is just that, I guess, yeah, like you said, they've had pretty decent exposed form this year. Um, and they've kind of been found lacking, so the it might be back to the VFL for a year um, to try and reclaim a spot. I'm, I do think they're both, or well, Hartung especially, but I think they can both play again, but... Um, looking for teams that will pick him up. I just, you know, maybe Port Adelaide. That's not a bad, bad option with Murdoch. I think he'd he'd fit in pretty all right over there. Yeah, it, yeah. For for me, it's if you're going to take either one of these guys, you'd either take a rookie punt on him. For me, I think if you wanted to get the best out of them, you'd give him a two year deal. Um, so not rookie contract them. You take him as a delisted free agent and give him two years. I think that. Hartung and Murdoch would both be better with the security knowing that they're going to be there and they're going to be looked after, but they need to work. So give them a year to learn the system and prove themselves and then a year to perform. Um, and I think both of them would be worth a chance there. But we'll move into the midfield right now. Um, the other guys in the centre, and that's Tom Campbell, Tom Bell, Michael Barlow and Jared Lyons. So, I mean, out of this group, it's pretty clear that Jared Lyons um, will, will get another gig. Um, it's, seem, it's seeming at the moment like he's just going to go across town to, to Brisbane. But Jared Lyons, um, based on his average AFL player ratings, he's a was ranked 54th in the competition. Um, so he's a gun. Um, I think he was top top 20 uh, last year, and he's top 60 this year. So he's obviously can play the game. Um, and for some reason or another, he, he hasn't been able to get another contract at Gold Coast, but he'll make the most of his opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, look, I mean, the the announcement was that they had mutually agreed to part ways, which means that um, whatever discussion happened behind closed doors, uh, it sounds like probably Jared wasn't too happy with them. Um, and the, the Suns, I think, uh, the Suns came out and said, you know, we've acquired a lot of midfield talent, and he understands that he will get reduced time, which to me seems a little odd considering he's your best midfielder. Um, usually it's your lesser midfielders that, that lose time, not your best one. Um, Michael Barlow as well. Like, I mean, uh, 
you and I, we were discussing this off air about how we're just struggling a little bit with some of the delistings that, that Gold Coast have made. Um, and around a lot of it is players that have been brought in by um, the previous recruiting team and and they're under the previous coach and you know all of a sudden things just don't seem to be working under the new coach and the new team and that um, and it's kind of incumbent on the people coming into the club that they make the best of what they've got and you know, losing players like Jared Lyons, cutting a guy like Michael Barlow, who had last round 35 touches um, and was head and shoulders um, above anyone else in your team on the ground, um, just doesn't bode well for, for, for next year. Now, maybe the long-term planning is a lot better. We'll, we'll have to have a look at that a bit later. But um, next year, like, it, it, with these two out of their side... Um, it's going to be a lot of pain. But back on to focusing on to the delisted side, I, I can see both Lions, obviously, it sounds like he's going to Brisbane, um, and I'd love to see Michael Barlow get another gig. He's certainly AFL quality, as he proved in the last round. Um, he deserves another gig, and a, a team like Carlton could do with a player like him to help Paddy Cripps. Um, Tommy Bell, um, you know, had his moments. I, I just can't see him probably... Um, getting another contract um, after being cut by Brisbane, and finally Tom Campbell. I, I think he's he's um he's done. That's that's him done. So yeah, yeah. yeah I for some reason I have a feeling that um, Barlow might have signed with Werribee in the VFL, um, but someone else have a look at that and confirm whether that's true, and just let us know on Twitter. Um, but. I think that he deserves another shot. Whether he's just been disillusioned um, because of the Gold Coast experience, it wouldn't surprise me. He's a, he's a gun, though, and he'll go lead um, whatever side he's in. Um, Tom Bell, I would have a punt on him. Um, I think that his best at Carlton was pretty good, and I think that his best at Brisbane was pretty good as well. Um, so he only played the one game um, this year, but his one game that he played was pretty reasonable, and he played a really fantastic preseason. By all accounts, he's a really hard worker. Um, and I think for p- potentially even going back to Carlton, um, I think um, his body <laughs> and circle. everything like that could be used there. Um, so it'd be, I'll be interested to see where he goes. For as far as Tom Campbell goes, potentially he might get a depth spot as like a, as a rookie ruck. Um, the only team that I can think of might be Essendon. Um, reason being nah. is that. They've um, offered a contract to Matthew Lewenberger, who didn't accept it. Um, so they obviously feel like they might have a need for a ruck depth, and they didn't get it through him. So potentially Tom Campbell gets a lifeline there, but I wouldn't assume it would be anything other than a rookie spot. Yeah, I, I just I don't see that. I think there's been there's probably enough ruck options outside of Campbell um, who are probably better that... that um, aren't a part of the delisted cycle that are probably more part of your VFL sides and that kind of stuff. Um, I think there's a, a Waffle Ruckman potentially this year who's on the cards as well. So um, I just, yeah, I just think he, he might just have hit the end. Um, Tom Bell, I, don't, I just don't know. Like he's, um, it just didn't work for him, unfortunately. Yeah, I'd like to see him come back to the VFL. Um, I think that the VFL, you get a bit more 
um, exposure in front of the Victorian clubs. There's more of them. And if he could come back and have a very dominant season in the VFL, he might find that he's got a couple more years um, later in his career. But let, let's see how he goes. Um, let's move on to the half-forward line. So Tom Bug, uh, Dean Towers, and Jacob Townsend. I mean, the only one of these... Well, I, obviously, Jacob Townsend um, is, is looking at a rookie spot from Richmond, so he'll be retained, if nothing else. But if I was looking at probably who I would take out of those three... It'd probably be um, Bug, if I'm honest. I think Bug um, potentially was a was a really good pest last year, um, and before he snapped and punched um, Mills in the face. So I, th- I think that he has something to offer. Whether um, he'll get another spot, I, I don't know. I don't know if any of these guys will get a, a main list spot. Yeah, look, Bug, I think, is only on the cards for a rookie spot. Um, I, I certainly think that he is deserving of another spot. He worked his backside off this year to make amends for what he did last year. Um, and to be honest, like that punch has probably forked his career. Um, he, was a regu- he was getting pretty regular games for Melbourne last year up until that point. And unfortunately for him, you know, Melbourne's brought in players that perform his role at a probably a slightly higher level, guys like Spargo and and Hannon and that. So unfortunately for, for Bug, he's been, you know, he's surplus to requirements, but he is certainly worth a punt on for any side looking for, yeah, a forward pest. You know, he if he ever fixed his goal kicking, you know, he's capable of kicking five or six in a match. I think one game he kicked like three goals five or something for Melbourne so you know he certainly um, gets opportunities um, and it's just up to him to take them really and, and Dean Towers is an interesting one I was a little bit sh- surprised that Sydney did this but um, I guess thinking about it he, he probably hasn't been in the side regularly for, for two years now so I guess from that perspective it makes sense he was he was certainly a very talented player when he came in I think he was a 22 year old when he came in as a mature age um, uh, through the draft and he unfortunately just hasn't quite delivered. So, um, yeah, and I think Townsend will, will stay on the list, as you, as you said. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting um, full forward line. I mean, the full forward line is probably where I see most of the talent um, in yeah. this pool. So, uh, Dan Menzel, Cam Pedersen, and Jared Blair. Um, I think that all would be deserving of another opportunity. I don't... I think Cam Pedersen might have announced that he's um, retired or he might just... I'm, I'm not sure exactly what Cam Pedersen's doing, but he offers good um, senior depth in both the ruck and the forward role, so potentially worth just a, a rookie punt to, as a as depth, um, and, and he seems like a good character. Dan Menzel um, is sort of like Jared Lyons for me. Um, I think that when he's at his... Um, best. He's one of the best and hardest to defend players in the whole competition. So the fact that he's been delisted for just a, a small part of his game, I, I think is, um, I think is pretty harsh. And I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the the harsh thing about a few of these players is that I feel like the the coaches have been unable to um, work with someone that doesn't suit their system, which. Obviously, it's a very systems-based competition at the moment, but the best teams can still find a posi- like a place for somebody that's a bit different. Um, for an example, is that Buddy Buddy's not really a system player. 
he's done a good job up at Sydney, but Clarko still got the best out of him, even when he was at Hawthorne and running around like a madman. But teams accept that because he's talented, like he's exceptionally talented. Some of these other guys that have a bit more of an obvious downside, like Menzel with his... Um, with his forward pressure or lack, perceived lack of forward pressure. I mean, if that's if you're comparing him to a forward pocket. I mean, if you compare him to a full forward, he probably compares equally to all of them and would outperform them in goals per game and um, one-on-one win rate and all of those other categories that they're marked on. Yeah. I think, I think with Menzel, and I'm going to be very strong on this, if Menzel isn't playing AFL football next year, there's something wrong with the system. Um he, for me, you know, like, I don't know how many times, like, the game's about scoring, yeah? That's how you win games. Yes, defense is important. I heard, I heard a really, I read a really good article today talking about, um, like, uh, college football in America, so NFL, um, and it was talking about the, you know, like, um, offense is weather dependent, defense is consistent, if that makes sense. So, you know, most sporting teams will build from a defense, and and then your offense is, um, you know, what wins you the matches sometimes. So, you know, but the problem is with AFL is it's gone from defensive six to defensive up to the forward line, defensive half forward line, and now we're trying to say that we need defenders at the full forward line. And it's like, well, I get the whole principle of team defense, but... You're telling me you can't sit Menzel in a pocket or at full forward and have the other eight, 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 17 players help cover his lack of defensive pressure because he's going to get you two or three goals a game? Yeah. Like, there aren't very many players in the AFL who are two-goal-a-game forwards. No. Uh, uh, you know, to give you an example, you compare it, like, Jesse Hogan just went for the equivalent of pick three to Frio, and he's a two-goal-a-game key forward. Yeah. You've got a two-goal-a-game forward, um, maybe not a key forward, but a two-goal-a-game forward who's going for free. So I'm not sure why any AFL club wouldn't jump at the chance to have him on their side. Um, And the other thing is with the Cats, and and it's probably systematic of their side, is that, you know... um, you, you go through their midfield and you tell me who's defensively accountable other than Selwoods, other than the two Selwoods. There's no one. So in a team that he was in, he's defensive pressure. He's not the only one. So he's not the one being carried. There's also three or four others. And he just happens to be the lowest talent of a lot of them. And he's still very talented. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be very disappointed if he's not playing next year. As for... As for Pedersen, um, I think uh, he wouldn't probably move from Victoria. Uh, uh, if for a rookie list spot, he's got a family. He's um, in his 30s. Um, fantastic career. Um, made football late. Played North Melbourne. Came across to Melbourne. Was very good for us. Um, initially playing for us and then in the backup role. Um, uh, certainly proved his value to us. So, you know, from a Melbourne supporter, big thank you to Cam for all he's given to us. Um and Blair, I think, is just unlucky. I think um, he's just fallen down the pecking order behind guys like Stevenson and Dugowie and, and Elliot and the plethora of that style of player that you guys have. So I could easily see him popping up. Like St Kilda could do with a player like him. Yeah, I think there's a couple of clubs that could do with a player like him. I think that he was a, he's an interesting one. He, he actually wouldn't be bad at Hawthorne either in sort of a poppy role. Um, and I say that because... 
when I read the article with him today, it was an interview with him, um, and he recounted being told that they were um, just going with some other guys um, in the small forward mix because they offered more pressure. But he was probably the highest pressure player in our side um, for his entire career. So he he was always that manic forward pressure. When I think back to the Collingwood 2010 team, that was why he was in the side. So I don't necessarily agree um, that that's a fair reason. Uh, maybe you get to gig at Richmond um, to replace your Sam Lloyd types in your depth role because he can offer that um, forward pressure and um, he's a good role model, forward half smarts. He's played in premiership, so he obviously understands the game and um, has been there at the highest level. So I could see him getting another opportunity, but um, no, definitely not as um, high ceiling player as Menzel. Yeah, agreed. On to the interchange bench now. Um, we've got Will Langford, Jake Need, Mav Weller and Brendan Whitecross. Um, I, to be honest, on this one, I, I can't see any of them really getting a second shot. Whitecross maybe um, for his experience to a, to a side lacking experience. Um, I think we spoke about Langford in the Hawthorne um, podcast and, and you know, he probably won another contract on the back of his form in a in a grand final and um, certainly made the most of that. Unfortunately for him, he never really took off from there. He um, just kind of stagnated and got pushed back into the twos. Um, Jake Need, um, you know, decent player, but just just never... There was something that wasn't quite there for me with him. And, and Mav Weller, um, you know, he was delisted by the Suns and, and worked his way into St Kilda's leadership group by the end of it and, you know, just... You know, extracted everything out of himself, and you know he probably thinks he's got more to offer. Um, but I think um, I think his his time's definitely done. Yeah, for me, I, th- I think he's going to struggle to get another contract. Um, hard worker, but probably doesn't have the same. Like with a lot of these guys, I think that if you're going to get picked for another shot, you have to have upside, um, like clear upside. And, and I just don't think he does. So. On that note, I'm just going to go through. Um, so there's obviously players that haven't made this side, but there are guys that have clear upside that I think could get another look. Um, so guys that I'm thinking of are um, injured young players like Nathan Freeman and Hugh Goddard, I think could get a look. Um, potentially players like Marco Paparone and um, Alex Johnson, who have just been really injury ravaged Alex Johnson would be harder because he's probably done like six knees now Paparone probably a little bit less injured um, and was a best 22 player when he was up and running um, and the other three is sort of um, like I think that Sam Carriage is probably worth another shot I think that Carriage is underrated as a player um, I think that he offers really good depth I think that he works really hard I think that he's a threat forward um, he's probably unlikely not to make this side, but he just didn't have the same. So they got the guys in the interchange bench were aren't necessarily guys that were going to get another shot. They're guys that whose careers um, put them into that that position. Um, the, the other two I'm thinking of are uh, Luke Partington and, and Mitch Honeychurch. I know that Partington's your boy, uh, but given he hasn't hasn't played a game of footy um, at AFL level, I think he might find it more difficult. Mitch Honeychurch, I think he could find his way onto another list. He works hard and. People seem to like the way he goes about his game. Yeah, Honeychurch is an interesting one. Um, I think that he, um, how do I put it? So he, there's a lot of things he does right, and then there's a lot of things he does wrong, and he gets seen for the wrong things a bit. I guess he's probably judged 
maybe not as harshly as Menzel, but but certainly through this similar type of lens where people are looking, the mistakes he makes are ones that hurt a bit more. So people, um, when he does make them, they highlight them more. Um, Partington has played AFL, by the way. <laughs> He's played played like six or seven games or something. Really? Yeah. So I thought um, that he's never debuted. No, no, he did. He's played. I think he's played six games. You think or you know? Um, well, that's what my spreadsheet's telling me. Well, that's yeah. So you know that he's played six games. That's well. Uh, let's just double check that. So he's played six games. You're right. Just tell me. Tell me. Tell me it honestly. <laughs> I'll tell you it honestly. Okay, I'm just. So I'm just played, not sure. If I, I screwed up one of my filters. No, no, no. He played six games, so you're right. He did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, um, look. Yeah. Look, he is a bit of my boy. I, li- I liked him in his draft year. I think he's certainly talented. Um, he's an inside ball winner. He's played well at waffle level. Um, I mean, I'd like to see him get another shot, just because I like him. Um, he may not have done enough to earn another shot. So for him, I would probably recommend what you were saying with Bell in that come across to Victoria and um, and really put yourself in front of the, the recruiters down here. Um, the style of game Victoria will definitely suit him more. So I think that he would be a very handy addition for any VFL side, um, including like a lot of the VFL sides are now backed by AFL sides. So if you, you know, if you're looking at, you know, see a side that's got a deficiency on the inside, maybe approach them and say, yeah, I'm interested to come play for your VFL. And then you're right under their noses and you're in their systems and everything. Um, agree with your assessment on carriage. Um, Johnson probably will have to wait until he's recovered from his ACL. Paparone, I'm disappointed that he's been cut. I thought he was worth sticking with, but um, Brisbane... It's weird with Brisbane. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, obviously, they've made all these moves, but then, um, like, a guy who's clearly very talented, unless he hasn't got the work ethic, which might be a reason why, um, but he's very talented. Um I would. I, the only one I'd add to your list was Michael Apness. I, I, yeah. I think he's going to get. A, I think he's going to be re-rookied by Frio. Yeah. But I think he's, you know, certainly in his AFL games has shown enough. He played five games, and um, you know, the week before he um, did his knee or something, he, you know, signed another one-year deal. So um, certainly got AFL talent there. Um, it's about getting injury-free for him um, and. Freeman, you know, I don't think you and I could could probably push his case harder. He's, you know, a huge talent. He's not going to cost you anything. Um, stick him on a rookie list and, you know, if if he comes good, you've got yourself a, you know, an elite AFL talent. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that Freeman is worth another crack. Just another note on freedom. Uh, freedom? Not a note on freedom. This is a note on Freeman. Um, Freeman, his... Average player ratings per game has him um, in the top half of players in the competition. Um, so I, I think that like his impact on games was high, even though he only played the, the two or three this year. So I, I think that he's worth a crack. I mean, if I'm looking at it, it's funny that um, just like some summary notes on, on the delisted players, um, only five of them were clear best 22 players in 2018. So yep. that's Goddard, Hartung... Um, Murdoch, Menzel, and Lyons. Um, so some of them might have missed games because they were dropped, but these guys were playing more than most of the games, and if they were out of the side like Hartung, it was injury-based. Um, and those guys are probably all 
are the ones that seem best placed to get another contract as well. Um, out of the all of the players that were delisted, a lot of them are one-paced. Yes. Uh, there's not many pacey players, and again, the ones with a bit of pace seem to be the ones that might get picked up again. So Billy Hartung, Jordan Murdoch, and Nathan Freeman all seem like probably some of my favourites to get re um, at least a rookie spot or a, a playing spot. Obviously, Jared Lyons exempt from that because that's insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we'll put that down to insanity. Um, yeah. We won't judge them on that one. Um, and one of the things I found the most interesting was that. I don't think any of these guys is like a is a jumper. Like any of them are known for like leaping and taking marks. With Aaron, the- Aaron, Aaron Black was, but he just he just after his thirty five goal season at North, he's never come back. Yeah, he he's a like I was meaning um, more out of the players that we were talking about that players that might actually get another chance. I can't see Aaron Black getting one. Cam no. Mendel um, took like a hanger. Um, Cam Pedersen's a jumper. Cam Pedersen can jump, so probably Cam Pedersen and Dan Menzel. It's just and Dean, Dean Towers as well. Dean Towers is rocked at 186 yeah, centimeters, so he's got a, he's got a fair leap on that. Yeah, okay. I think that um, just looking predominantly at the profiles of the players across the board, generally these guys that have been delisted are less athletic. Agreed. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, sort absolutely. of the way that the game is moving. Is that players that are more talented footballers potentially, like your Barlow, Lyons. Um, Menzel, Brennan Goddard, these type of players who are traditional style footballers, um, and, uh, but are potentially less athletic than their counterparts, are, are being moved on. Yeah, absolutely, they definitely are being moved. So, I mean, I guess probably, you know, one of the, note, the notes that I have is just, uh, you know, this is in a lot of ways being able to make a side that could probably win some games of AFL. It's probably a sign that the quality at the top end of the AFL is starting to get better. Um, which it was when the two expansion sides came in, you know, it was so heavily diluted. Like you've got an extra 80 players coming into the pool, and the development systems, because the AFL rushed in the expansion teams, they didn't set up the development side of it. So the the Waffle, Sandfall and Neefle cult systems and, and juniors, as well as the TAC Cup system um, in in Melbourne, um, wasn't set up properly to account to have to produce, you know, um, an extra, you know, what is it, five, for an extra ten high-quality players a year. Um, and it's taken a long time for that system to catch up. And the AFL this year has made some really good changes around that um, under Luke Power's guidance, um, which will hopefully improve the quality. But, you know, I look at something like this and, and when you when you think that, you know, Goddard can't get another shot, oh, at the moment he can't, you go, well, geez, that's, that's you know, maybe something's improving um, at the top end, you know, because... You know, two years ago, Bug, Pedersen, Menzel, Blair, Townsend, Barlow, uh, Rowe, Gilbert, Cheney and Goddard, none of these guys are even remotely a chance to get delisted. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. So, all positive signs, but, you know, hopefully a few of these guys get picked up. There's certainly some talent there. And, and I mean, look, like, the excitement for, for us in terms of list building is that you know, now there's this delisted pool of high-quality players like, you know, Michael Barlow, you know, even if he has signed a contract with Werribee, I'm sure if an AFL club came knocking, he's got a, 
a clause in there that allows him to be released. You know, yeah. um, Menzel goes and you know puts on Richmond stripe and and goes and kicks fifty goals for a season or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of opportunities for sides. Yeah, it's much more like a um, an NBA pool um, uh, when you have delisted players in the NBA or out of contract players at the end of the season. You have a free agency pool. There's typically yeah. a couple of players that can really play. Like they, they haven't they haven't found their team yet, but there's a couple well, of guys. Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, a couple of guys <laughs> yeah. that can really make an impact when they find their team. Um, so I hope that I, I would like to see at least um, at least five of these guys get main list spots, and probably another five to ten get rookie um, get rookie spots. But uh, I think that yeah, I think you're right, and I think that for the other part of this is that some of these players have been delisted and they're potentially in the best 10 players on their list so um, the clubs that have been doing that have got to I guess work out why the coach hasn't been able to get everything out of that player and feels the need that they should be leaving the side um, especially when as I said their best 10 players week in week out for them. Yeah, I mean, look, like it's just it's a bit of a shame with guys like Michael Barlow and that, but you know, um, yeah, like what, what, Barlow finished high in the Brownlow one year, I think even. Yep. You know, Lions uh, finished pretty high in the Brownlow last year. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah, it's just kind of um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll move on from that. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll move on. Um, we'll call this episode a wrap. Um, so this is the start of the delisted free agents period. So um, I look forward to seeing how it all plays out. And I mean, our, our focus probably from now is going to shift towards the draft as the final list lodgements are taking place and, and we're going to start going through some more phantom draft stuff. So thanks again for listening and um, yeah, listen out for more good content in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. See ya.